0: Oh. going on, everyone? Welcome to this week's episode of River City 93. I'm your host, as always, Elliot Barr, and is joining me on the show, who's probably uh, had a good Sunday nap, or, well, I did. I had a wonderful Sunday nap. Oh, uh, it's Mr. Matt Myers. How are you doing, sir? Doing good. Doing all right. You know, it's a good vacation
1: week. You know, boys held it down last week uh, you know, pretty well, enjoyed listening back to mm-hmm. it. Uh yeah.
0: And then, uh yeah, we'll talk more about what happened after that. Yeah, well, we'll talk more about that. How was vacation, first and foremost? Did you enjoy yourself? What did you do? You did. Sat myself on a beach
1: in Outer Banks. What what other Richmonder
0: vacation is there than oh, yeah, that's beach that's that's the beach in the Outer Banks?
2: Yeah, that's the good old OBX. <laughs>
0: Uh, Matt, question: Did you even get in the water, or did you just like pop yourself in the sand, get a good tan, as we can tell? Like, even touch the water? Of course. I mean, come on. Okay,
1: got to get, got to get in there and you know cool off and everything. Uh, I mean, I definitely had a fish you know, swim into me and scare the living crap out of me at one point <laughs> in the water.
0: Uh, that was fun. <laughs> See, we, we almost lost that. We we that. <laughs> all right that's that's hilarious um and also our other co-host joining us on this show is mr chanir how are you sir
2: Uh, i feel like it's groundhog day um but what you gonna do
1: (laughs) you you, you don't like watching reruns of these games
2: (laughs) No, I was never a big rerun, and that's why I was happy when streaming came out.
0: <laughs> yeah, and even that's starting to get uh, remakes of everything now. So uh, I know. Have fun with that. Um, we had some kind of fun uh, with the Kickers uh, this past weekend. Richmond 2 2 draw with Lexington SC. A game that we were coming in the table, we knew we needed a win to get out. Get back in the playoff race. So, I mean, it seems still in the playoff race, but you know what I mean. Like get above the playoff line. Um, and, and it's hard to describe it. It's a wonderful first half. Second half is very meh. But if you want to be real about it, Neil Vinos decided to have his best game of the season. Um, and I kind of would like to start off with that point. I know I normally start talking about the line and stuff like that, but. I want to start off with Neil Is Just start off with the positives because that's going to get me through this podcast. Neil had his best performance um, two great goals. Um, first half looked very dominant on the ball, looked very controlling in this game. And he looked back to his old self.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I think, uh, you know, Elliot, I think uh, especially you and I probably deserve all the credit for this. And I think we do. I think we yep, do. Yep. How, yep. How many- how many inspirational you know, tough talks have we had with Neil via the podcast, you know, so far this year, where kind of you know laid it out on the line of, you know, son, you got to step yourself up or else sit yourself down, and I think the message got through because, I mean, you know, look at that, you know, that you first goal, not going to lie, that first goal, I was almost ready to you know scream my head off at him, you know, for not shooting, you know, that first you know opportunity had, but then he cut back and finish so I was okay with it at that point but you know, we've seen him score that kind of goal before you know away at Madison uh, you know last year I think it was especially you know we hit a very you know, similar type of goal uh, and kind of you know what we've talked about you know, before too I think all of us at various times of shoot the ball yeah and just maybe shoot. something good will happen from it
0: yeah like it's okay to shoot just, just take a chance you never know what can happen and I mean, you saw it there. We saw what happened. I mean, um, I don't know, man. Like, it just seems, I don't know if Neil's kind of going through like a new phase of, you know, being out of position at sorts and sorts of playing a lot more in the wing than we've seen him in the past or playing a little bit more centrally. But Shane, seeing Neil get back to his old ways of kind of controlling a game and taking a game by the scruffs, it's good to see.
2: Absolutely. Um, that first goal, I mean, I just, it was good. That's old school Neil right there um, for him to, you know, he he channeled a little bit of Zaka at the beginning of that, like you know, getting, getting challenged to the ground and still gaining, keeping control of all that scrappiness to keep the ball at his feet, even though he's on the ground, getting back up, uh, you know, just curling it around Smart as he drove past him after Smart knocked him down and then then back to his smooth self just cutting inside, making the defender bite, and the defender makes the mistake of turning his kind of being slightly with his back to Neil. And Neil takes that opportunity to cut behind him and there's no way he's going to be able to turn around in time to block that. And then he just rifles the shot across to the far post. Very, very beautifully done.
0: Yeah, and then the second yeah. one,
2: of course, just a, a a beautiful free kick.
0: I feel like the free kick's been coming from him for a while because how many times have we seen him? Like, especially what was it? I think last week he had one that just hit right outside of the post. This, week, yeah, I mean, it hits it. It is always you know it's a good free kick when you get the goalkeeper to hit like that diving save that he gets stuck in the air and patient almost. <laughs> like that's so what I knew. I was like, "Oh, this is going to be a banger," and it was. It was so good that it ended up on uh what was it Sports Center top ten, which I didn't even know was yeah. still a thing because I haven't watched Sports Center forever. Oh.
2: <laughs> I don't think too many people watch Sports Center anymore. I don't. I don't know. It, it seems to be losing its popularity.
0: <laughs> yeah, I really didn't realize that, but here's a couple of stats from there that really showed like his dominance within this game. Um, you know. He had he set 10 ground duels, won seven of them, um, three dribb- dribbles attempted. He had two of those, won both of his aerial duels, which is surprising because Neil's not a you know vertically tall person. <laughs> um and out of his 49 passes attempted, he connected on 43 of them, um, with 35 of them going forward or you know, in a positive uh direction. So that shows you, like, you know, Neil is is was was pulling all the strings last night. Um, taking Neil away, looking back at it, looking at the formation when it all came out. Raise your hand if you thought this was a three-five-two. I certainly did. I I was a little
2: miffed at what was going on, but I was like, all right, we'll we'll go with it. It, nice. it did look like a three five two with Hornsby and, and Fitz playing as wingbacks kind of to match basically to match uh, Lexington's three five two. 2 Yeah.
0: But every website that I go on to it, it lists as a four three three with Simon Fitz.
1: You, you know, we've had this conversation how many times? You know better than to look at those websites all those Oh, no,
0: like, oh, oh no, no, no. Because
2: uh, uh, at first, foot Mob had Vignol playing left wing and Siracovsky in the midfield three, Barnathan was in the midfield three and Fitch was at right back. That's what it showed on foot Mob before the game started. I don't know if they changed it later on. I didn't check. Google shows Barnethon as right back and Vignol back where he's supposed to be at left midfield and Fitch at right midfield. I was like, okay, that none of this is going – is is exactly what it's supposed to be. So, I'm going to watch the game and find out what's really going on.
0: <laughs> yeah. But no, I, I just imagine a situation where Darren's, like, paying all of these websites. like, look, we're going to play a 3-5-2, but I need you to put 4-3-3 just so we can keep consistency. Like, he's just <laughs> paying on websites to put 4-3-3. Oh, gosh. Yeah, I'm well, sure Darren
1: yeah. is. Darren is telling people unnecessary things. That that seems accurate to him.
2: Yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, even in this man, like the first half, um, let's, let's talk about the first half. Well, also about it. No Belmar, nor Gordon, nor no bit. So no attacking options. Like it seemed like it was going to be very sturdy defensively, which. Kind of makes me question more now the second half, but, um, yeah, those players were not on the bench at all. Um, yeah. For pretty much the guys that were going to go, were going to go um, for innocence.
1: I mean, there are still attacking options off the bench. There are different ones. You know, you had Luke coming back on the bench. You know, uh, you know, Landon made another uh, bench appearance. Got in at the very end of the game again. So it's not the ones we're used to seeing. You know, but I not like they've been doing anything for us in the last month, month and a half, two months even. So why not try something different?
0: Yeah, no. Um, most definitely I mean, even so much when you go look at the heat map or touch maps that we're uh pervy to. Um folks, if you want to know the difference between like Premier League and like USL League One is the amount of information that's put out there for you, because the U.S.L. website on stats is not great. <laughs> Oregon, no, it's very tough.
1: I mean, you heard um, of that part about on stats? The
0: league website's not great. Yeah, no, not at all. Um, <laughs> not at all. So it, when you go look at look at the average formation, we all got a sense of is a back three with Ani, Chris Cole, and Dakota. Then in the midfield. From what I saw, it seemed to be Zaka, Jao, and uh Simon and Hornsby. Neil's kinda in front of them with Emmy and Sarakowski in front of him. From my understanding, right?
1: I think it just depends on how you want to organize it and break it down. Like you yeah. you can call it five in the back if you wanted to, with you know, Hornsby in first half Simon, second half Jake pushing high. You can call it a three five two with those You know, two positions more as midfielders. So I think it's all semantics, you know, really, you know, but the key difference is, you know, the three dedicated central defenders, in theory, releasing Hornsby and right back insert here, you know, be able to push up higher with a little bit less uh, defensive responsibility.
0: Yeah. Um, Shanair, did you see anything out of this new? shape or a lot of that caught your attention in the first
2: half? Um, in the first half, I did see Vinyals and Sarakowski had a little bit more closer connection in terms of interchanging and, and moving around each other. Um, Sarakowski floated around a lot more in this game than I've ever seen him do before he popped up on the right side a lot of times and in the middle. And I think, I think he was just allowed to float around and, and just find the pockets to to be dangerous. in if he could, Um, and whenever he did, he was always very key in finding Neil uh, whenever he could get the ball at his feet. And if he was on that left side, he would find Neil. Uh, Terzaghi also was linking up with Neil a lot which, 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 Fed into uh, Neil's improvement in this game. Um, I do feel that there was there was a lot of depending on him to to kind of dictate the attack, and it, a lot, practically every single attack, some way, shape, or form, went through Vigneault. Yeah, yeah
0: they, I mean, it wasn't for a bad thing either. I mean. Like in the first half, Richmond did a really good job of attacking the wings, being quick in their passes. You know, something that they got away from in the second half, but they were like, it seemed like they wanted to play with a tempo. Like, it was, we're going to take the tempo to Lexington, we're going to speed up the style of play, we're going to play direct ish. Um, Mm -hmm. even so much that like I was noticing that Chizagi was doing a lot of dropping back, and that seemed to be like a a trend this year. Like, where Chizagi because before, like, Chizagi's thing was, all right, I'm going to stay up on the center backs and I'm going to play. "Quote unquote," proctor. Like I'm just wait for the opportunities to come to me and kind of pretty much stay within the six and eighteen yard box. But now his roles changed to be a little bit more like dropping back more and kind of help the build up play. Things they get more touches on the ball. I feel
1: like he's always done that to a certain degree, though. Like how many times has he been able to help you get the ball out of the back and just get himself hacked down, you know, you know near the center circle or something? you to be able to relieve pressure. And you know, things like that. So it's not a matter. I don't think he's just been like hugging, uh, you know, the back shoulders of defenders, you know, for four years. You know, but you know, maybe there's a little bit more of that. Probably because
0: the ball's not finding him otherwise. Yeah, like yeah, he
2: barely get time any time touches time. on the ball.
0: Yeah, like you seem like where like in years past, it might have happened. I don't know. Like if we get thirty touches, it might happen like five or ten times. It feel like this year now is like. That's Emmy's key role. Like, no, we need you to drop back in to help get the ball up forward. Because if you don't, we don't have any other way of getting this ball up.
1: Yeah. I mean, on that related note, you know, too, I agree with all the stuff you were saying about uh, how the team is playing in the first half. The other thing I thought was really useful is uh, with the different shape, you know, the team was able to control the ball in the middle a lot more. Like, How many times did we see the you know, ball get you know, half cleared out and – there's three or four kickers there, you know, some combination of Zaka or Zhao, you know, center backs, you know, whoever, you know, there just to be able to smother whichever Lexington player happened to be in the area and easily get the ball back and be able to you know, repossess. And I feel like a lot of times this year we've been seeing, you know, the ball would pop out and inevitably it would feel like oh, the other team's going to get it and, you know. Those scenarios where I think you all mentioned it last week you know, with Noco and you know, we mentioned other games where it felt like you're playing you know, 15 16 against 11 out there on the field.
0: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It, it, I mean, this first half felt good. I mean, despite what happened with like Lexington's ghost penalty, um, uh-huh. positive first half. But let's go ahead. Let's dive into these these goals and whatnot. Um, we kind of already talked about it somewhat, Shinnair, but um, Neil's first goal. Um pretty much game from Neil Green in his own moment and taking a shot. Which is good. Team needs to do it more because good things happen when you just try stuff. Yeah.
2: And um I, I know we've been we uh, constantly have been criticizing um these USL League One commentators, but it was I really had a really good laugh when they were showing the replay of that goal and the commentator said that Neil Vigneault is just sashayed through the defense to score the goal at. That just gave me a good laugh. Um, but, it, I mean, to be honest with you, that kind of was the best description. Of course, as we know, Neil is not known for pace. He, had, he does not really have pace. But they couldn't touch him. They just couldn't touch him as he just got up off the ground, Smart is behind him now. He can't touch him. He can't put a hand on him, or else that's definitely a yellow card, at least. And it just the way he moves with the ball, no one could get close to him. And I think it. i I think it was Murillo who was in front of him, who he kind of turned inside out before taking the shot. And it was. It was like none of the. He was. Pro- he probably had about three or four. Lexington defenders around him, and none of them could touch him. And he just gets the shot off just with ease. Yeah.
0: And then uh, another thing that's another worrying trend that's kind of creeping into the the Kickers play this year is we score a goal, and right afterwards, we give up a goal. (laughs) (sighs) Because they went straight off route one, they went, got the kickoff, went straight to the wing got a corner from it, and it, I mean, in this moment, I'm not going to lie. Like, it was a corner I was just like, just get the ball and get it out the box. Like, do not mess around with it. Um, ball kind of goes to the looping back post. Akira goes to go punch it, like as he always does. Nico Brown, for the second game in a row now, has caused a, pen- a penalty uh, where it caused great bodily harm to him, which after he scored, he is able to celebrate as if nothing happened to him. Um got contact near the back of the head area, fell down, rep calls a PK. And I, guys, if I'm not mistaken, Akira has faced a multitude of penalties, has not saved one. Uh, yeah.
2: So, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, with, with regards to that, I mean, PKs at the best of times are a toss-up to a certain extent. Um, all you can do is make an educated guess on where the attacker is going to place the ball because the the game has evolved so much that all the way up until the player's foot hits the ball, that player can make it look like he's going one way, but that definitely is not absolutely the way he's going. And so it's, it's one of those things you got to make an educated guess, and he guessed wrong. Yeah, I mean that's not so. The,
1: that, let's be real; that's not the conversation point of oh no, a cure didn't save a penalty. You no, it's it,
2: at, at this point I'm um just, uh, haven't had a about of luck over the past couple of days with PKs. We talked about it yesterday, Elliot. On can I kick it? <laughs> um, <laughs> but um, this this to me, was not a PK.
0: Uh,
2: Akira has every right to go for that ball. Um, Who was it? Who was going for the header? Was it Brown?
0: Uh, Yeah, Nico Brown.
2: Nico Brown is trying to head the ball towards goal. Akira is trying to punch the ball away from goal. If Akira connected with Nico Brown's head and not the ball, why did the ball go towards the corner flag? that's my question. It, it if it's a penalty kick, it defied physics, and I don't think that's the case. That was a bad call straight up and down. that was a bad call by the ref. That should not have been a PK.
1: yeah, yeah I, I don't I don't disagree with that. Uh, I mean, i have literally just watching it back again. You know, he, he's not trying to head the ball towards goal. He's just running in that. General direction, even because you know, he's running towards the end line. There's fit, literally, for the physics, there's no way he would have been able to do anything. Uh, I, I can even get convinced that you know, okay, maybe you know, Kira doesn't make contact with the ball. I think he does. I think that's why the ball goes so far you know, to the you know the touch line. And if you want to call that a penalty, then I could probably get there for that. I've watched way too much soccer in my life. I've never seen that given, like you know, keepers get away with absolute murder in the air all the time, like like full on basically miss the ball, like you know, two hands right to the face, and it's like oh well, no big deal, whatever, you know, sort of thing. And this did not, this looks you know as benign as you know commonplace as you'll ever see. My bigger issue is why is this another corner? I mean, in this case, Zaka doesn't clear it cleanly. He just the ball hits him and it just bounces high into the box. You know that forces this situation. It's like my man just get the ball out. Yeah, you know, yeah, defending, you know what? defending quarters, clearing point. corners again. That that's where my other perturbance yeah. this came in.
2: Yeah, yeah, I I agree with you. Um, on, on both points. First off, like, this is something that you never see called. Um, I clearly remember, I can't remember who it was against, but when Drogba was playing for Chelsea, when he got completely just flatlined in midair by the goalkeeper, who didn't get anywhere near the ball, if it wasn't for the fact that he passed out before even hitting the ground, the play wouldn't have stopped. Play would have continued. So uh, it it's, it's like... If that's not a PK, how is this a PK when Akira connects with the ball? But rewinding even more than that, you look at it and it's like, that should have never happened in the first place. That that should have been a, 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 a bread and butter, hoof it long clearance by Zaka. And I think there's, I think they've gotten into their heads a little bit with set pieces. And there's a sense of freezing panic that sets in with them. They're like, oh, gosh, here we go again. And rather than just doing what they know how to do, they panic and they freeze and they don't just take it straight forward. Uh, I, that's the only thing I can think about with this type of situation, that Zaka should have just gotten that ball out of there.
0: Yeah. Yeah, it does. Um, hes uh, <laughs> just I want to ask you guys this question because I just found the stat. I was looking for it. Um, How many penalty kicks since Akira's been in Richmond do you think he has faced? Was that five years? (sighs) Say 14? Yeah, no. Not 14. How many do you think he's faced?
2: Probably about – I'd say somewhere around the same. I'd say probably 16,
0: 17. Mm Mm-mm. He's faced nine penalties. That's all. Wow. Yeah, since 2020. So uh, no, you left out 2019 then. Oh yeah, It only go. They only show me 2019. They only showed me 20. Well, last four years, I just said. Well, you didn't
2: know life didn't happen before COVID.
0: <laughs> yeah. You know, yeah right. <laughs> uh, <laughs> um, so he's only faced nine: um, two in 2020, one in 2021, four in 2022, two this year. Um, he's only managed to save – he hasn't saved any. I was going to say, actually, I didn't remember any. Yeah. yeah. I mean, like you said before, it's not it's not his fault. Like, one, Zaka didn't just clear the ball out. You know, you're right, on a penalty kick, it's kind of 80% the striker, 20% what the goalkeeper does at that point. And, I mean, even there, it's 1-1. Um, But I do like how Richard responded afterwards. They kind of responded with, like, it didn't kind of sulk, which, you know, has happened before in this team. Um, They kind of got back into it and and played with some aggression. Um, So much so that uh, Emmy has the whole – are we calling it Twitter or X? I don't want to call it X because then that goes into the direction. (laughs) Um, but yeah, it had all of USL League One social media upset because uh, Emmy did the thing that they wish their attackers did and tricked the ref into calling a a foul on the top of the box.
1: Yeah, I mean, I, I watched it quite a few times. I I get what the ref saw. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you, know, you know, Emmy you know comes in and you know, he puts his hip you know in front of you know, the defender, I, I don't, don't remember, don't really care who it was. Uh, you know. And I think if that guy makes any contact on the ball at all, nothing's going to happen. You know, neither one of them end up touching the ball, but because Emmy's able to get in there, it looks like he gets hip-checked. And you know he ends up you know, getting the call that way. I think the defender didn't help his cause any anybody. As soon as contact happens, he throws his you know, hands up in the, oh, I didn't do anything. You know, bit because that just draws more attention, you know, to it, and I feel like that's the most common, you know, cause of getting caught uh, is drawing attention to yourself and saying, "Oh, it wasn't me."
0: Yeah, the, the, the yeah. Doesn't, it doesn't cause at all. Nil's free kick, absolute banger. Yeah, yeah. Beautiful. Yeah. Um, yeah.
1: inspiration because I mean, I I was defending them on this, but y'all were all just crapping on you know these guys for not you know scoring on set pieces. Okay. Once, well, again. once
0: again, they did everything I wanted to do the first half, outside of giving them a goal right after a goal. So you know my uh, my crapping on them is, is working somewhat.
1: That, oh, 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 you're inspiring.
0: Yeah, there we go. Like, motivation, uh, <laughs> motivating, <laughs> motivating
1: them to the me. hearts
0: of the people. Right. <laughs> um, but second half. Um, I guess we'll go ahead and talk about it now we were first forced into one substitution don't know if it's injury related don't know if it was a tactic thing I, I'm assuming it had to be injury related I'm assuming that like you would you, you would think slash hope right yeah like I'm hoping it's not all right darren saw tactics are like all right we're gonna take the coat out put simon back to his normal position and bring on Jake Meecham. Not saying anything's wrong with that, but you would think that sub happens later in the half versus right at 45. Um, so hoping the best there for Dakota. But it seemed like that substitution had a big impact on how Richmond played in the second half and also like some taxes thing because they came out they came out flat the second half. Like Matt, correct me wrong. Do you remember a shot on goal or Sennera, do you remember a shot on goal in the second half? They had a good flurry the first two no, minutes.
2: So. I, I don't think there were any actual shots that I know of because, like I said, there were a lot of situations in which I, I, could, see, I could see holes in the Lexington defense that we were not capitalizing on. And, and it goes back to what we were talking about, about how it, it seems like the kickers just don't – they're always reluctant to shoot they're always second-guessing whether they should shoot. And like I remember there was one situation, I believe it was Sirikowski, who was at the top of the 18 with his back to goal, receives a pass from, I think it was Neal. And as he's running towards him, Neal passes the ball and keeps his run going. And literally that was a situation all Sirikowski had to do was just lay it off. And Neal could have just put his foot right through it. He was running in that direction and rather than do that, there was hold up, uh, kind of a two, three touches on the ball with pressure behind him, and then they pass it back and we start again. And it goes all the way back to, to, to Nathan Arnie. And then we come forward again. And it was like you had that open space down the middle. You, you didn't take it. And it, it was that over and over and over again. And then the second goal goes and I'm like, all right, this is done. I'm um,
0: it was I feel like I you, we just take a deep song. I mean, you're, it's the same thing over and over again. You know, it's kind of like what was the definition of insanity, doing the same thing over and over again? And it's kind of like the same thing now with the kickers. Like, we have an amazing first 45, and then we have kind of a blah second 45. Um Yeah. A trend that I was noticing, and I'm glad you guys picked it up because I wanted to make sure I wasn't going crazy, was Neil vignos His position seemed to shift a lot from the first half where he seemed to be a lot more on the wing. Kind of that half space and was able to dictate play from out there, and it kind of forced Lexington to be stretched. And now with Neil picking the ball up more essentially in the second half, it seemed as if Lexington was just like, oh, he's coming more inward? All right, Or well, we're just going to – not collapse um, numbers inside, but we're going to kind of step, kind of kind of crowd the midfield a little bit more and make things a little bit tougher for Richmond to build out, who was... They seemed like they were comfortable just making a safe pass. Like, it Akira's first pass couldn't go out to the wing, then he would pass it to Zaka, who would drop in. Zaka would go to the side, and they would kind of just be stuck in this backwards cycle back there. And... Lexington holds name, it seemed like every time we did that it just kind of just stepped up their press a little bit more you know every 5 minutes Yeah,
1: yeah I, I think part of it was just <laughs> to how the game was you know, going so cuz say we were talking about you know Emmy you know drops back a bit sometimes to be able to find the ball Neil trying to you know drop inside to be able to find the ball a little bit more
0: mm-hmm. as
1: well uh but yeah I mean it, It's something about these, you know, second halves going in with leads, you know, where okay, the opposition, you know, makes the adjustments when we, you know, ran, you know, not probably not completely randomly, but to us, you know, randomly went four four two all of a sudden, you know, we had a really good, you know, first half, and then that second half, I think it was Knoxville that day, just cut us open, you know, like butter all through the second half, you know, today, you know, shocked probably likes just as much as it did us. They were rolling out 352 all of a sudden. And second half, you know, they made some adjustments to it now that they've seen it. And we don't have that answer. We don't have that counter adjustment, you know, coming in. So you know it wasn't it wasn't awful by any means in the second half. Uh in the first half of the half, they did a really good job of keeping possession. Like there's probably a good seeming like five or six minutes where ball never even went out of bounds like it was just i mean it was mostly pinging around in our own half the whole time but there's nothing dangerous going on i feel like probably one stretch where you know like akira probably got you know the ball passed him five or six different times yeah. which yeah you know, there's pros and cons to that but you know it's it's not exciting but it was you know controlled but like you said lexington you know, started to build on that and they you know inched up a little bit more and inched up a little bit more and inched up a little bit you know, more and took away that easy outlet to honor or Zaka and eventually forced secure to start to have to go longer with it, which is where the second goal ultimately originated.
0: Yeah. Um, I mean, that's just, dang, man, you did a great job with analyzing that. I guess my main frustration really just comes from the fact of, from Darren's point, I wish we had the opportunity to ask him this right after the game, um, of just why is it that possession in front of our own box? Like, why is that such a pivotal part of this team right now? Like, why is that a thing that he has to do? It doesn't seem like the players are, like, choosing to do it. it seems like that's being drilled and instructed. Because I would think, like, all right, it's 2-1. You know, we've been able to show that Lexington's very fragile on the wings. Let's get them behind them again. Can't kind of keep that momentum up and force them to change again. You know, even though they make changes, ha- ha- keep them to the, keep questioning them, keep them thinking, keep them moving. And it just seemed kind of thing like we went into safety ball where we were fine with, all right, let's go with the simple safe possession. Let's kind of possess it. You know, like you said, the five, six minutes, well, they kind of keep it within their own box. But I don't know. Like, I wish we were moved. That kind of play of just possessing the ball up twenty thirty yards and not having the reckoning i all have like even much so like there was one pass from Zaka that went you know they're trying to possess it in the back that he makes a pass back to a center back I think he's Fitz at that moment and it goes out and it gives Lexington off the hook and it gives them a corner kick you feel me yeah yeah I mean I feel,
1: it feels like there's not that killer instinct. Yeah. Yeah, you know, we're exactly. desire to go and all right. We got the lead now. Let's you know, uh, I don't know. Pick your favorite, you know, violent allegory. You know, here, <laughs> you know, you sort of, you know, thinking. Okay, we've got the lead. Let's try not to mess it up instead. And inevitably, you know, try not to mess something up. Something's probably going
0: to go wrong. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, but that's the thing that has that has we have seen this year. Like this team versus. Let's even take last year or 2021 for instance. Like they haven't shown that ability to confidently dictate and control games. They haven't shown that this year. So I don't understand why Darren is doing that here in this moment, where it's like, all right, this game is still waning in the balance. It's not like it's a Richmond kickers, home game. For instance, this is an away game, so Lexus is going to be a little bit more juiced of it. It seems it's just coming off of a four. What was it? Four one or four nothing? Um, win against Union – no, yeah, 4-0 win against Union Omaha. Yeah, 3-0, um, yeah. So they got energy. They feel like they could get back in the moment. Even so much so, like you look at some of the press um, post-game moments said by praying Lex about how, you know, they believe in themselves. They believe they could get back into it. I don't have that same belief with Richmond in the second half just because of how we play. Like you said, like they're playing safe. They're playing not to lose. They're playing like – it's almost as if, like, they're shackled and they're afraid of, like, I don't want the pressure of messing it up in the moment, and thus you will mess it up in the moment. Like, it just seems very, very, like, I don't want – I don't want to be the one that messes up. Like, that's the kind of feel that I'm getting right now. Yeah,
1: I mean, the wild thing is, that we've seen the inverse here before. Like, right? you know, there's the second Greenville away game, first half was bad, and then, you know, they – Fought it back and got those two second half yeah. goals. You know, away against you know Fuego. You know, they you know fought back, got two second half goals. You know, to get the win. Uh, I mean, we we've seen the the bad side where the first half was the good part, and the second half you know fell to pieces too. But you know, it's more the the full ninety minutes. We've seen that this team when they are on, you know, for even just a forty five, they can play with anybody in this league. Right, and that's what I think makes all this more, even more frustrating. You know, it's not a matter of the talent isn't there, you know, because we've seen it in more than just blips. You know, yeah. just need to yeah. figure out why you know it can't be harnessed for you know, ha- you know, more than one half or even sixty minutes at a time.
2: Yeah. Well, I think I don't think it's an issue of they they just because a lot of times you see and and if you go back probably about two years, that was the case with Tormenta. But Tormenta, it was an issue of they just run out of gas after 60 minutes and it was just you just, if you could hold out for those 60 minutes, you know, stay on the ropes for those 60 minutes and once those 60 minutes are up and Tormenta run out of gas, then you can lay it on them thick. That's, but that's not the case with this kicker team. It's like they're intentionally playing conservative. And it, it it's, it's, it's really telling to me especially when you look at last year we had no problem putting games to bed like if if we were in a situation where we were up by one goal we came out the second half be like all right let's make this two goals and make sure that you it, it, cement this win and even if after two goals we'd cautiously try and go for even a third goal in terms of being in the lead and and sometimes it would come off sometimes it wouldn't but at the end of the day we were winning far more games because of the fact that we would put games to bed and we would keep the other team on the ropes for the entire game it's like here we come out in the second half parking the bus and that just invites the pressure and that's what i I, i've always had as a criticism to that idea of fully parking the bus, once you do that, you are inviting the pressure, and anything can happen when a team is desperate to score. So... I mean,
0: Matt, when, when I, didn't, I didn't
2: mean to cut you off. You no, 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 no. It's it's basically at, at this point, you're, you're looking at a team that that's telling them, all right, we're up in the lead, but go ahead and come at us. I don't like it.
0: Yeah, I mean... There's also a, a weird scenario, which Neil almost had a first-half hat trick. Yeah. Because he had a goal in 37-minute, and Mill like, barely got to. Like, if Mill doesn't get his peaky to it, that ball's in the back of the net and we're looking at this game totally different, right? But also, yeah, yeah. Like, there
1: were more than a few of those. They're yeah. Probably three or four, and, you know, you had that little bit of, you know, it's thought just knowing how this goes of, is this going to come back to bite us that, you know, it's only 2-1 at halftime.
0: Yeah. And, I mean, it's just that it, it just—I don't know why why this team let up. Why Darren? Why the coaches staff were okay with the letting up? You know, like e- even if you can see it at that moment of where because Simon Finch's own goal happened, because um, Bolligan comes on and he's just really just—I feel like his main job was just supply crosses. Like they feel like that's all he was doing because um, yeah. they took Nico the Brown out. And he's just pretty much a simple ball across the box. And Matt, we, we, we were talking about earlier, like was what was the communication like between Akira and Simon? Because we've seen a similar moment like that in the first half where Akira's coming out to gather a ball, but Hornsby cuts across him in the first minute, and it goes up for a corner. It seems like here, Simon is checking his shoulder to make sure to see if anyone else is making a late run. He picks his right foot up but it taps off his left heel. And I mean, Simon at that moment was having a good game he, and he still did even after this, but it's just unfortunate to see for in that circumstantial time because, and I'm hoping like a moment like this doesn't weigh too heavy on him, you know, and you know, ruin the rest of his season or anything like that. But it was it was kind of our own inflection. You know, we were giving Lexington chances to create eight moments, you know, we weren't just
2: controlling the game. Yeah, I, I think that 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 own goal. It's it's. I'd say probably seventy percent of own goals are scored that way. You're running back towards your own goal, and you have that dangerous cross come in. That that outswing and cross. It's it's tough to deal with when you're running back towards your own goal. And like you said, Fitch took his eyes off the ball for half a second to make sure that he was alone, and just clumsy and unlucky and it's it happens at the end of the day I, I i would hope that he wouldn't you know let that haunt him uh for too much for too long than the night after apart after that he, he should get over that because that that's just it's just bad luck in that situation so my biggest issue is the fact that that type of run from Balogun was happening over and over and over and over again because of that we were not forcing Balogun to have to drop back. Balogun was able to stay further up the field because we were sitting so deep. And so now he has try after try after try getting the ball down that wing and figuring out a way to get that ball into the box.
0: Yeah. It, I mean it really just bothers them like he did. Like, like, it didn't feel as if there was any any recognition of what his position was from the kicker standpoint. Like, the Dominican thing was, all right, I'm just going to stand in this half space between where Ani and Hornsby is, and I'm just going to run in this slot. And uh-huh. it didn't feel like they recognizing that. Yeah, at the same uh-huh. time,
1: if he wants to stay, you know, out in that area and, you know, just head down, pump crosses into nobody in the box, that shouldn't actually hurt us. No,
0: it shouldn't. it shouldn't hurt us. It shouldn't.
2: Um, but <laughs> and you can see that afterwards. It, there wasn't really any, I guess the best way to say highlight-worthy pass from him apart from the own goal. Um, not, not really. None of, nothing else was that dangerous. But if it happens enough time, you know, the rule of numbers, eventually Murphy's Law is going to take into effect and something bad happens.
0: Yeah, yeah. Um, I, I wanted to see. I want to see what you guys think about this. Like in the inverse, is it any way how what Darren was looking at doing? Because I, I think the the blame of the second half does lay at Darren's feet. I think sixty percent lay at Darren's feet. Can you look and see what Darren was thinking about with the injury? Or I'm not gonna put it out there. The substitution of Dakota, um. How you had to change formation a little bit? Do you think there's Darren there has a, a a defense for going the way how you played at the second half? I mean,
1: if, if we're assuming it was injured, he wants to keep the same shape. I think that's the only sub you can really make right there because I don't know if we're at the point where we're putting you know Beckett, you know, in there uh, for extended you know defensive minutes yeah. quite yet. Or I mean, I guess you can. Maybe, say put Chandler in there as a center back don't really lo- you know love that option since I don't think he's actually played center back at all this year. Uh, so on that level it makes sense you can make the argument that okay if you've got to you know pull out uh, you know, uh, not Simon Dakota at that point maybe you switch the shape you know up then you know to maybe put in suko right at the start of the you know half and go to the four mid- you know, midfield. Look instead because we've seen Awny and Cole play center back you know, together before, and they've been fine, yeah. you know, with that. Uh, and it leaves you a little more flexibility, you know, for if Jake needs to come in later, you know, because we know Hornsby is a, a coin flip to be able to go ninety at any point. Yeah. So, uh, but that'll blame him on you know what the sub was. Again, I think there's some sort of mentality that's been built in this team, you know, though around. You know, the aggression in the second half and the style of play. And yeah, I and mean, that's got to, you know, to some degree fall back
0: on the coaching staff. Yeah. It, it, yeah. I don't know. It just, it felt like it seems, I mean, once again, I feel like it's kind of, we're saying the same thing over and over again. Like the team's stuck in a rut. it's stuck in neutral, yeah. the same kind of lines that we're saying about, but it's the trends that we're seeing aren't changing. Well,
1: we're watching the same thing every single week, so why wouldn't we say the same thing every single week? Yeah. yeah.
0: I don't think like you could take any podcast that we've had this week of um, a, a draw after our loss and just insert it here because I haven't seen anything different. Like, I, mean, I put the tweet out there, but, like, this team, luckily enough, hasn't had back-to-back losses, but they still haven't been able to string together back-to-back wins either, you know? Um, which Bill yeah. I mean, we could go ahead and kind of real quick before we move on to talk about um, our upcoming derby game. Um, anything else from this game you guys want to mention or or, or kind of talk about?
2: Um, I, I just think in a nutshell, I think there are certain things that are being overthought. I mean, if you're having, if you're doubtful of Dakota and you want to take him off, why not just put Suko in for Dakota and have your typical midfield three of Suko, Vinyals, and Zaka rather than shuffling things around and creating a more complicated situation. I mean, go back to what we already know. And the only difference from the normal back seven is Cole instead of Dakota. And, and like you said, uh, Elliot, Nathan and and Cole have worked together just fine. Or that was you, Matt, who said that. I mean, they, they, they've worked together just fine. That's not an issue. So if you're going to take off Dakota because you're not sure you don't want to aggravate an injury or whatever the case was, you want to take him off? Put in Justin. I mean, Justin works with the other two in the midfield on a regular regular so far this season stick with what you know at least
0: yeah, yeah. Uh, matt anything from you my man nope <laughs> <laughs> um <laughs> all right so before we move into our uh top threes i mean before we move into the maddest game uh, matt let's go ahead let's do our top threes oh boy y'all want me to go first uh, I can go first and give you guys a minute or two. All right, go for it then. All right, so three points. I'm going to give it to Neil Vigneault. Had an outstanding game. I'm hoping this is the game that gets him kick-started. We can get a second half surge for him. Um, two goals, like I said before. Uh, Forty-three passes completed in this game. 30 Going forward, so, so that's positive. Um, two points. I will give it to uh I'll, I'll give it to emmy um didn't really get get on the score sheet but he dictated play a lot you know helped get the, the penalty kick there i mean that penalty kick free kick there and uh has a good moments on and off the ball um one point <laughs> i'll give it to landon johnson um made another uh Im- impact sub role uh 16 year old i mean it's impressive i mean 16 year olds to get on the field and have some moments there. I'll, I'll give you a point there for that. Um, it's kind of hard for me kind of get points around anywhere else, but that's what I'm feeling. Um, Matt, a pleasure to to y'all.
2: Um, yeah, I think I'm going to go with of course three points for Neil. A brace, a dominant performance, very well. Um, I think I'm going to give my two points to Terzaghi, to, to, to Emmy, just like you, Elliot. Uh, he did um, drop deep and, and get involved with play, started started certain attacks, especially in the first half, um, drew the foul that led to the free kick goal, um, all, all around a decent performance from him. Um, my one point, even though he scored an own goal. I'm going to give it to Fitch because he played a solid, a solid game at right back, um, in this game. and can't ask too much more from him. The own goal is unlucky, like really, really unlucky for him. And it's unfortunate. I hope he can, he can dust that off and, and keep it moving.
1: Okay. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh I mean obviously three points is for Neil. I mean, that shouldn't need any further discussion. Yeah, no. Yeah, right here. I, I gave my two to Akira. You know, he had a, okay. one huge save in the you know, first half. Uh mm-hmm. yeah, you know, that, that was that was
0: too. a that was a very
1: Yeah, that was
2: point blank range too.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh and you know, did a lot of good work in the you know, second half uh you know as well. Nothing as you know spectacular as that first half save, but I think he really helped to keep you know the team in the game. He was uh, a key point you know of the possession game throughout as well. Uh and then yeah, I also was you know picking at straws for my one point. I gave it to Chris Cole, thought he you know came in and yeah, you know he played well, didn't you know really put much of a foot wrong that I can recall. At least, and uh, I think that's a good sign for you know center back. If you can't really remember anything that went you know awry you know back there, so I give him my one, and uh, yeah, hopefully you know he's going to be able to continue to you know push forward in in the center back role specifically.
0: (laughs) Yeah, that's the hope. That is the hope. Um, I know I was like to you guys wrap up the game. Just isn't. it I think the reason why kind of us – we were kind of stumbling there on the three points, it wasn't so much because it's not like anyone had a truly bad performance. It's just individual errors at specific moments took a victory and made it a draw. You know, yeah. That's kind of what we've seen a lot this year.
1: Yeah. Oh. like if, if this was just like one random game somewhere – a little frustrating but fine they didn't play poorly it was just some right. bad luck it's, this game compounded with you know especially the last month or so that's where i think a lot more
0: of you know the negativity comes from yeah yeah someone's there um
2: yeah
0: so the kickers next game is against that pink team um yeah we owe them a loss we i mean we we owe them a beat we got to get this um, Henny Darby trophy back to Richmond or at least make the season even. Um is it, it's a tough week coming up for Richmond. I mean, after this game, they got another home game against NCFC midweek on that Wednesday, but focus, focus on the Ford Madison game. Um, they're coming off of a draw and a, and a tough loss as well. So that kind of floundering and form there. What I'm not gonna ask you guys for like score predictions because it does go awry, but What's the prediction you're going with this game? Like, what is something that you're looking for in this game that's going to signify to you, like, okay, things are going good in Richmond's favor?
1: Hmm. I I just want to see two consistent halves. Like, there's two consistent, you know, decent halves, and it ends up a draw. So, I mean, that's not great for us, but so be it. In that case, you know it's you know just the complete you know flipping of the switch. Like, yeah, you know, last week you kind of saw it come with Noco because they're a lot better than us anyway. And that first half was a massive fluke. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, that we were even ahead, uh, but this one, you know, the Charlotte game, the Knoxville game, uh, you know, countless others where it's in you know good shape and then you know just everything crumbles apart avoiding that piece of it is what I'm hoping to see
0: yeah uh Shanae, anything for you what are you looking for I'm
2: looking for that killer instinct I'm looking for that killer instinct I'm looking for I'm looking for, for them to actually look like they want to score yeah for the entire game, like any chance where, we're, where we can sniff out even a half chance. Let's go for it. That's what I want to see against, especially against Ford Madison. You got to go all out in the Derby.
0: Yeah, I, I don't. I mean, that's true. I don't want to see us play scared or I want to see us kind of put our foot on under, the under throttle and go for it. Like take chances from outside the box, you know, try to take players on, you know, don't. I think that's another thing too. Maybe so. Like I feel like we lost a little bit of that, just that ability to take players on and you know try to go one v one. I feel like it has to be like a combination of passes before we try to. But for me, I I want to see. I'm I'm assuming we get a midfield trio of Neil, Jao, and Zaka. I would love to see Jao and get significant touches in the midfield or in the final third, and be able to pull the strings. You know, allow them to kind of dictate play and go from there. Um, yeah, I, I would. Like, I would like to see that, and that would give me an indication that you know Richmond is up and ready to go for this game because they're they're going to force Madison to kind of be on the back foot. You know, I want to see us. You know, put Madison on the back foot. Um, obviously it helps if we get a goal early and we can really dictate it from there and that leaves things late like we did last game um, but yeah that being said y'all um, next week I won't be on the show because I'll be in Nashville during my anniversary trip so y'all have Matt, and yeah, hopefully Gabe and Kate as well um, but guys, thank y'all again for uh, helping out with the weekly therapy sessions these are turning into <laughs> yeah <great sighs>
2: <laughs> yeah. Nah, let's 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 try and see if next week we cannot be on the therapist
0: couch. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, it's been a while since we've had a uh happy podcast. Uh, you know, we missed the happy pods. Um gosh, this month has not gone well for us. Um real quick, so in this month alone, we've played one, two, three, 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 five games. We've picked up a grand total of five points out of a possible fifteen. Yeah, not a ratio that's gonna get it done. Yeah. No. No, um, no, no. no. but in the month of August, I will say this. We played one, two, uh, on, one, two, three, four, five, six. We played six games. Uh, two of those which are midweek. Here's the thing: four of those are at home. Only two are on the road and they're short road trips. On those are on the weekends, and both of them uh against Chattanooga, who we can do the season sweep against. And Lexington, who we can get the gentleman swoop against. Uh, we do, however, play North Carolina twice at home in Richmond. Um, we end the month against Central Valley go home and we got Madison. Just for, just want to ask you this: 18 points up for grabs in the month of August. <clears throat> How many points do you feel like Richmond needs to get to stay in or in and around that playoff race. Stay in the race.
2: I say 10. Yeah. Okay. I was going to say the same thing around nine or 10. Um, it, it needs to be a win. It's at home. Central Valley are struggling. Hopefully, they'll still be struggling by then because that's all the way at the end of the month. Um, if we can play two halves, Lexington should be a win because we already showed that we can dominate them in the first half of this game. Um, so we've already beaten them twice. Can we, can we get the sweep? The three where I would want us to get at least two points from are the two North Carolina games and the Ford-Madison game. I want at least me to get two points. I know Ford-Madison are on a rip right now. They're doing pretty well. Um, they're, they're winning games.
0: In their last five, they've only won one, so they're they're slightly downward. But yeah, I get what you're saying,
2: Suman. Yeah, but I mean, they're 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 playing better than than they have in the past. Um, and of course, when you when you go by that last the last time we played them, I mean, they were able to get that one up on us. I think. I think we need to get at least three points from those three games: the two North Carolina games and the Ford Madison game.
0: Okay, fair enough, fair enough. I mean, it's going to be an interesting month because, I mean, even though we're we're not mad at Richmond, I think we're just slightly disappointed and frustrated. You see, kind of still holds his own destiny because in the month of September. We play against Union, Omaha, Ford, Madison, Greenville, Tormenta, all teams that we're competing against for the playoffs. So you come out of this month with positive points, you know, 9, 10, 11. You move into September, get a good positive amount of points out of there. And this the, the whole complexion of the season can change. But things tactically and mentally, you know, I don't want to question this team's spirit or heart because I know they're competing – Every single game, and I, you know, we see it after the games, but the mental, mentally, and tactically things gotta be more aggressive and you know, go after it more than playing it safe. I would say, but, um, guys, I once again, I appreciate y'all for doing this show. Um, yeah, you guys are awesome. Um, listeners, as always, we just want to say thank you for taking the time out of your day for listening to our show because without you, we couldn't do this. Um, so so much so if you want to support the show um, feel free you can go over to anchor.fm, type in river city 93 there you can support the show there um, as much as a dollar a month can can help us in producing this show things of that nature um, on the flip side of that go head on over to river city 93.com you can keep up with the podcast from the women's side men's side uh, youth side as well Um YouTube videos are up there. Um, articles are up there as well. So help those. Those support the show as well. And with that being said, for Matt, Shanir, and myself, we will catch you guys next time. See you at the next home game. And hopefully, we have a happy podcast and a happy podcast that I can return to. Yeah. See you guys next time. Be easy. Be safe. <laughs>